Welcome to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay, where we discuss growth strategies both for business and a personal perspective, discussing all kinds of businesses, growth strategies, technology, investment strategy, and much more. We are meeting with entrepreneurs, investors, app developers, and property developers. Our vision is to help 10,000 business owners grow their businesses. Introducing our host, Matt Lindsay. Matt is a former banker and corporate financier. He now spends his time building his own companies organically and through acquisition, as well as raising capital for other businesses. Matt works with a wide variety of entrepreneurs and investors. Welcome to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay. Today, I'm joined by Caroline Sison, who is the founder of Pocket PA. Are you asking me or telling me? Pocket PA. It is Pocket PA, Matt. I got it, got it right. Got it That's right the first good time. That's good we've got a good intro. <laughs> Not that I've ever met you before. No, and I've, I've known about your project for about three or four years. And yeah, yeah. Well, just, just to make sure I've got the name time. right. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Pocket PA, but it's not what it seems on the tin. <laughs> okay. So we've known each other for, what, three years around yeah. that kind of time. And we were um, both members of a, they called it an incubator, but I call it my business therapy, which is at Hertfordshire University, where I talk about my problems and, you know, let all that stuff I think out. we're both still there, but they've separated us, haven't they, for some reason? We're in what? different Hang on a minute, hang now. on a minute. You left, you deserted the team. <laughs> I, I upgraded to a new group, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about very, that. Very sensible, very sensible. I'd heard all your problems, Matt. It'd been a exactly. year. I needed exactly. some other ones to listen to. Well, it was too much, too much yeah. to, to, to take in. But, uh, yeah, so we met through that and anyway, um, yeah. you... It was a pleasure. You have been building, building this business for, for quite a long time. And the, the thing that really struck me when I first got to know you was obviously that the fact that you'd never done anything like this before and you were kind of, you know, taking on a big task and you were doing I it all by yourself. at the time. <laughs> but you were doing it all by yourself as well. And you didn't have a co-founder and, yeah. you know, all, yeah. all, of these, all of these things, which either you know, set alarm bells ringing or... You can the, say it. Isn't that bonkers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is is this lady okay? But anyway, yeah. um, it either sets alarm bells ringing or <laughs> alternatively, obviously, what you've managed to achieve is... Huge it, admiration is what you could say. Exa yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. So, yeah. yeah, I've been really impressed with your kind of tenacity and resilience in terms of building this thing out. And now you've got a product that's functioning and you've got paying customers and all this, all this good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of, as, as you know, I'm quite, quite proud, of, proud of your achievement with it today. And it's nice, nice to see, you know, these things going from, you know, the kind of ideas into testing into so on and so forth. And, yeah, I've, I've, I've never done anything like this before, but I'm doing one at the moment. So I've mm. got my own little technology project where with website developers and all that stuff going on. Um, but I'd be really interested to learn about your kind of motivations in how you started the process, what you originally were aiming to achieve, um, and, and what you've done before this as well, in terms of to, just to give some context in terms of your mm. background and experience, that'd be really helpful. Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, so we are in 2021. We're hopefully nearing the end of lockdown. And the last 12 months have been nothing that I had scheduled into sort of Pocket PA's journey. Um, but five years ago, I had never envisaged that I would be the female founder of a software company. So, you know, nothing ceases to amaze me anymore. Um, I think my background, I could probably be classified as a serial entrepreneur. I've had a very scenic route to get to where I am at the moment. Um, I started out uh, my career in the beloved NHS as a physiotherapist. I then had my own private practice for eight years. Um, and midway through that, I retrained as a mortgage broker and moved into the world of property, real estate, finance, where I began buying, building, investing, renovating properties and building a portfolio alongside some training and mentoring roles for those who wanted to get started in real estate. Um, and so I suppose I'm now also a seasoned um, and experienced property 
property developer and landlord for 20 years, but that's nothing that I've been focusing on for probably the last, you know, five, five to six years um, in, in the main. And um, alongside that, I've had a family. I've got four beautiful children um, and I've always done sort of side hustles. I don't know if that's what you call them in this gig economy, but I was yeah. as little side hustles. Um, so I've had um, an online photo editing business called Magic My Photos. I was a baby massage therapist at one point. I had a, um, a mobile spray tanning business, a pancake business called Pancake Passion. Um, and I've also trained and qualified as a life and business coach just for my own self-development, really. Um, but I began the journey with Pocket PA completely by accident. Um, and it was in 2016 that my oldest daughter, Megan, she came home uh, one day. She was um, already working as an intern. She had just left school. And at 19, she wasn't particularly um, finding it was lighting her fire. And she came home one day and said that she wanted to start working for herself um, as a self-employed eyelash extensions technician. Um, and at that point, I thought, oh, um, okay. I wasn't quite sure if it was a hobby or not. And I knew she would be amazing at what she did. But my biggest concern as a mum was that if she wasn't managing all the business stuff, um, that in 12 months time she wouldn't potentially be able to be carrying on doing what she loved. So I just initially just started off doing some research, just looking for something that she might be able to use to help her support her in her business journey. And I could find an app for this, an app for that, an app for something else, but there wasn't anything all in one place that was joining up all these dots. And I just thought that was mad. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. We're in this age of technology. How hard can it be? Um, there should be something all in one place, her go-to app that she just opens and it takes care of everything. So okay. this was a daughter that wasn't particularly numerate. I was worried about how she would cope with the figures and the numbers side of her business, whether she would understand her money and her cash flow. So it was at that point, having not been able to find anything, that I just thought, you know, how hard can it be? I think I'll make that for her. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, I've got an idea. I knew exactly how it wanted, I wanted it to look in my head. And so began this sort of free fall into the whole world of software and technology. I, do you know what? Back then, I was so ignorant. I really wasn't sure what the difference was between hardware and software. <laughs> And that's just probably the most disastrous admission I've made so far on my journey. But I didn't know the difference. And people were saying, well, what are you making? And I, is, is it software? And I said, oh, yeah, software, hardware? I don't know. I'm just making, I'm making something for her to help her run her business. So that gives you an idea of my starting point, exactly where I was. So there is hope for everyone if I didn't even know that at the beginning of the journey. <laughs> So yeah, that was how I started. And I began by just sketching out my ideas. I had a very big A3 piece of paper and I brain dumped everything onto it. And I was put in touch um, with a friend's husband who had had some app development company and some experience. And he guided me through those first stages with the wireframes, helping me sort of um, nurture my ideas a little bit more. And by the Christmas time, I was sort of ready to start doing um, what I was told was coding. So I'd never coded and um, haven't uh, ever to this day <laughs> written a line of code either and never planned to because that looks way too complex. I just I'm the ideas girl and I know how I want it to look. And looking back now, I think that's probably quite a big advantage because I didn't take no for an answer. I knew what I wanted. And when it seemed a complex task for the coders to actually make, I, I kind of glibly just dismissed it and I just said, well, work out how it can happen. So it was just really important that the focus was on the user experience of the journey and having something that delivered exactly what I needed it to do. I didn't know how they did it in the background, but I knew what I needed at the front end for Megan. So um, I went through a huge journey. I um, started the development with another guy and six months later, I should have had the finished version and we'd got um, the launch of it booked and we had three days booked um, on a stand at the business, um, sorry, not the, the business, the beauty show in uh, Birmingham and uh, sort of a week before, week two weeks before when we were supposed to have the fi finished article and I was all ready to look at it and this guy had been building up saying, yeah, it's coming, it's going to be amazing, I don't want to give you a sneak peek, I'm going to blow you away with it. And I was like all ready for seeing it before we went to this launch where we got the t-shirts and the whole stand all branded and he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh, <laughs> and I was just like, what the heck? Where is all my software that I've been paying for for six months? Where is it? What does it look like? Why haven't I got it? And that was it. There was nothing, no, nothing to show for it. So Disaster. I was, 
yeah, I was having this nervous breakdown thinking, oh my God, this is why you were so naive. You had no clue. You shouldn't have been dabbling with any of this stuff. And, you know, thankfully or, or not thankfully, it had all been my money that I'd invested in it. And I had been massively burnt, you know, third degree burns. And I was, you know, I'd got a, a stand booked at the NEC and nothing to show for it. So Megan was like, well, what should we do, mum? And I sort of slept on it for a couple of days and was going around feeling everything, the walls had all fallen in. And I woke up, um, you know, a couple of days beforehand. I said, right, we're going to go and we will just turn up and we'll tell everyone this is the pre-launch party. And we're just going to use this as a marketing exercise and get some feedback and find out if this is really what people want. So we managed to switch it around on its head. And that was kind of the first time that I really was shocked into thinking, gosh, you know, people are untrustworthy and, you know, you can't believe anything that people say. And we went and did this three days and it really reaffirmed and endorsed that what I was trying to make for Megan was actually needed by so many other people. Mm. Um, they were really excited. I had 300 people that all said, oh my God, tell us when it's out, that'll be great. Yes, here's my email address. And so the weekend wasn't wasted. And for me, it reminded me how resourceful you need to be when something doesn't go according to plan. I mean, what could have been more disastrous? You've spent six, nine months creating something and then it's not delivered and you spent a shed load of money <laughs> and you have egg on your face and you feel about this big and so small. And that's the reason why so few people actually go on to try and you know, make these things. And I could see you know, why it had happened anyway got back from the show and I realized that I still needed to make this product Megan still needed it desperately in her business and I was on a mission then I'd got 300 people I'd had conversations with who said we would love to have this tool what you're making so I'd given them this outline it needed to do everything from managing the clients all of the appointments um, all of the online booking it needed to take payments um, it needed to track all of your business expenses and your income and spit out a spreadsheet at the end which your accountant could then do your accounts so it was making that transition because there were lots of accounting software um, platforms like the sages the zeros quickbooks things like that but at 19 megan wasn't numerate as i said before she wouldn't have understood probably 80 percent of the stuff that they were talking about trial balances ledgers profit loss forecasting she didn't need that she just needed to know what what am i what's my money mm. so i was trying to um put everything in the accounting side of things to join up all the dots with all of the front end of her business, which was managing her clients, having a, you know, a, a digital electronic diary and then taking the payments, but also practical things. So she wanted reminder SMSs or emails sent out um, before appointments to make sure that everybody turned up. Mm -hmm. So I needed to integrate that. She needed to get to all of her clients home. She was mobile back then. So she needed to press one button, which gave her directions to get straight to the appointment. So there were lots of practical aspects that I was also trying to um, sort of implement. And each time I went to these development houses, they just sort of helped put their head in their hands and went, oh, my God, what you're trying to achieve is really ambitious. There's a reason why there are separate apps for all of these large things, because to try and incorporate them all together and to make it all work, you know, really seamlessly and be slick and be user friendly at the front end. There's an awful lot to think about. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. So let's crack on and get going. So I've moved, I'm on my seventh developer um, now, which has been, you know, a massive journey on its own, but you might sort of already understand a little bit about that. Now you've dipped your toe into technology. You don't always get a great fit at the beginning. Um, I've been with my existing team now for over 18 months and they are fantastic. And I'm so excited that I finally found where I feel we can really scale up and, and move to a bigger level, but it's been a journey and, by the sort of January 2018, I launched my first um, sort of version of it, which was a mobile app just on an iPhone. And it became very apparent very quickly that the idea of just having a phone app wasn't going to allow me to scale um, to the size that I wanted to go to. Any changes that we needed, we had to get approved by Apple, get them uploaded, and then the user would have to um, update their app. So that was clunky and time consuming and app development was very expensive for what you got. So I decided to move on to creating um, something on a web-based platform. 
and we've phased out the two, the Apple and the Android um, sort of helper apps that we had. And we've, uh, we've sort of focused now completely just on a web-based app, which um, in all intents and purposes, as long as you're connected to the internet, 3G, 4G, whatever, or Wi-Fi, you will have a user experience very similar to an app um, and everything is very seamless. It syncs between all of your different devices, whether you've got an iPhone, a tablet or a main computer. Um, but in addition to that, you don't have to pay quite a big chunk away to Apple um, for, for the download, et cetera, because they just really do have you over a barrel when you're having to put things into their sort of platform, um, sorry, into their iTunes store, which we don't have to do when you're on your own platform and your own mm. servers and stuff. So that was a big commercial decision for me to do away with the mobile apps and just decide to be completely web-based. Web um, whether we go back and revisit the apps at some point, I'm not sure. Um, but at the moment, it's definitely been the right move for us to have this um, web-based version. And we, whilst we had the app version in January 2018, I was working behind the scenes and two years later in January, February 2020, we had our version two that was um, sort of put out and soft launched. And then six weeks later, we had COVID. <laughs> and so last Ouch. year was everything that it wasn't supposed to be. And I was so frustrated because we'd spent an awfully long time getting the app to where it needed to be um, for 2020. And then it was just totally inappropriate, it felt for me to market it um, to the small business owner who my demographic basically like Megan is the micro business self-employed small business owner. They're earning okay. under 85,000, they're non-VAT registered and they're predominantly in the service industry. So they were all the people that were massively hit and told you can't work. And mm -hmm. so in the last 12 months, Megan's probably worked probably eight to nine months maximum sort of in sort of fragmented amounts and they've really been in survival mode there's been no sort of opportunity where I felt it's been appropriate for me to say oh just try our app for 30 days and just see how it works for your business when let's just pretend you're going to be booking in all the clients that you can't actually see and let's just pretend that you've got payments that you haven't actually got it just mm -hmm. it just didn't sit with me and I didn't want to you know whilst I could see the opportunity for them to get really set up and prepared for when they were going back to work to hit the ground running it just I, I just wasn't able to capitalize on that opportunity to get that marketing message across properly. And I really wanted to wait until we were kind of out of this lockdown where people could have a, a proper look at it and feel that they could implement it straight into their business and actually get how helpful it is in their uh, workplace. So yeah, we're waiting for April the 12th, like mad. Um, but I didn't waste that time last year. I built some extra really great function that we were just we just had on our roadmap and I brought them forwards. So we introduced a business mileage tracker, which I think is just a genius little function that we've got that um, perfectly spans the gap between your appointments and directions getting to places and flowing into your business expenses. So it's an absolute no brainer. It's automated, it's very simple. It's literally one click to track that business mileage and then it takes you into the sat nav to get to your next journey so really features like that just set us apart we are not just a booking software we are not just an accounting software it's 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 just a hybrid of so many things that we've managed to integrate and i'm super proud of all of the sort of different levels that we've evolved into being um, and this last year has given us an opportunity to also develop out our affiliate and refer a friend platform area and brand partnerships and I've used this time to create relationships with some brand partners that we're going to be announcing um, this year which are really exciting because it gives us the ability to springboard into the marketplace without me needing to create individual one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationships with all of our users um, you know individually so we can leverage and work with companies that already have our audience and um, work together um, as so, so it's a win-win for everybody really okay and, and so in terms of the kind of targets obviously micro businesses is mm -hmm. there any particular sectors that you're you're working on or yeah well beauty beauty is the one that i know inside out having got mm -hmm. megan in the beauty industry at the moment i know it works really well i you know she comes downstairs 
some days or she certainly used to and just say mom I need to do this I need to do that and so the whole app evolved as to how she started um, working she needed to take deposits ahead of time to minimize cancellations and stuff so mm-hmm. we developed the app so that it could it could accommodate that she then came down and said mom I'm selling forever brushes and I've got a lash cleaning kit and all those sorts of things so I then needed to implement a small product area so that she could um, you know track sales and that sort of thing not so it could become Shopify or Etsy or anything like that but it just had an aspect that enabled her to do that Um, and then the card payment we integrated with Stripe so that she could take card payments without needing a card reader Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the new part Uh, we advanced the online booking um, element of it so that she could wake up in the morning and find that she's got three new bookings in her diary while she'd been fast asleep so trying to start to automate all of those things so that the app is working on her behalf even when she's busy seeing her clients or asleep um, again, is a really important advancement for a lot of people that are working by themselves, who are very time poor, and they've got a thousand and one things going on um, during their week and their day. They're very busy people, but when they're doing their business admin, that's not an income-producing task, so it kind of gets left, but it builds up in their mind as a mental mm-hmm. pressure, and it still has to be done. So why wouldn't they want to use a tool where everything's all in one place and everything talks to each other um, and it's super easy to use, it's convenient, it's always on their phone or on their tablet, on their computer, wherever they are, it's always there. So it's about introducing this one-stop experience and the convenience and ease of use. That's really important um, that it's it's, um, customer-driven like that. Yeah, okay. And and in terms of the um, kind of strategy going forwards, obviously you've got you've got some traction, albeit I would imagine that's probably dropped off a bit just because you know lots of the lots of these as you as you alluded to lots of these businesses aren't aren't looking to trade. So I, I know from our previous conversations that you've you know you're going in at the kind of top end of you know kind of trade associations and trade bodies and that that kind of mm-hmm. route in. So that that effectively potentially makes your business very very scalable. Um, yeah, what what does you know from your perspective as 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 your your agenda and objective? What what are you looking for in terms of number of users? I want it to just reach and as many of these small business owners as possible. We've got nearly mm-hmm. five million now in the UK, and I can only see that sort of increasing with the unemployment rates that are going up and people realizing, having had 12 months off, that they really want to be in charge of their own destiny, that there is something that they're amazingly good at and that they could actually give it a go. And I think my biggest concern when Megan came to me to say she wanted to start working for herself was she was 19. not all parents might have been as fully supportive and behind her as me and quite rightly so I mean if they haven't ever had a business of their own they might not have had any business acumen or support to give their son or daughter but I didn't want any other um, person to feel that they couldn't launch into their own business um, if they had that enthusiasm that passion that drive that skill set just because they weren't sure about the business admin and the money and how they were going to manage all the organizational practical aspects if they have a talent and a skill and they're really committed to having their own business I wanted Pocket PA to be that secret source that you know magic tool that they had that was going to sprinkle the fairy dust and enable them to really be able to move into that space so my ambition is that Pocket PA becomes that, that sort of go-to tool for any micro-business owner. And at the moment, we've got it under the VAT threshold. And I'm fully aware people are like, oh, but I'm VAT registered. Why can't we use it? And I just say, I know where my niche is and my strengths are for this market. And I don't want to start adding VAT elements into it and putting taxation uh, sort of entry points in. Because for me, that will potentially confuse my um initial my niche audience that I'm trying to cater to at some point in the future we might have a big brother version that's a VAT um, type um, sort of orientated focus on it as well but for me I'm fully aware that my initial users may well grow to such a success rate that they might graduate out of pocket PA and we might have to say goodbye and I will be their biggest championing you know saying hooray well done you you know you're so big that you you know you don't need pocket PA anymore you've graduated to be using some other tools and stuff but 
Um, I'm very fixated on my niche and audience uh, that I, I've chosen, and I feel that there's a huge opportunity, as I say, just under 5 million in the UK, that's plenty for me to um, sort of cater to, and globally, you know, just the States, there's there's 20 plus million, um, again, small business owners, that I, I don't have a shortage of people that could be using it, um, and so the sky really is the limit, I think, when I started it, it was going to be, I was just making it for Megan and um, a couple of her friends and my friends. And I, as we sort of carried on the journey, people was like, oh, can we use that? Is that, is that available? And I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, there are lots of people that work like Megan. I'm going to have to make it much more commercial. And I have invested a shed load of money. So gosh, wouldn't it be nice if I might get some of that back? Because it <laughs> seems incredibly indulgent to make an app for your daughter <laughs> and then just sort of think, right, that's it then. So what's next? Um, so yeah, I, I, I do need to be more business focused on, um, you know, that, that return on my investment. But I can see the opportunity now. It's absolutely huge. And I think previously it terrified me, the numbers. So it felt safe for me just to feel it was contained and it was just I was just making it for Megan and a few of her friends and that's what kept me on track to not feel overwhelmed in the enormity of it and you're right you know at the beginning we joked about are you some crazy woman were you really that green did you not know what you were doing and I think looking back now if I had known all the twists and turns and ups and downs would I have started it I don't know I, I, I think I probably would. <laughs> no, that says something and that's scary, but you're right. I am. Um, I'm, I've become much more resilient. I've had quite a few things go on in my life, which have made me um, sort of have to take stock. And, you know, I, where I, where I really believe in something and I think it's the right thing and I've really got an alignment with it. I, I won't let go. And I, I try to stay true to what I believe in and I really feel that I had a great idea. I was making it for Megan and it just seemed a natural progression now to make it available for other people. Um, you know, I didn't think, oh, how am I gonna make a million pounds? What idea could I come up with? Do you think this, you know, I've never come from it from that point and the money has never been the motivator for me. You know, a successful product will always, uh, you know, bring a revenue stream at some point in the future once you've got that alignment. But for me, front and, and center is my customer and how can I make it better? And that was a really important driver when I was choosing my price point. So I'm absolutely adamant that we have a 30 day free trial and then people move into a slow, uh, sorry, a slow, a small affordable monthly subscription. And it's, it's less than 15 pounds a month for all of that stuff, joining up all of those dots. Mm. And that's including VAT. And that's if you pay monthly with no tie in, no contract or anything. If you go annually, it works out even better. It's like under 13 pounds. And I think that that's a cracking price for something that does all of that stuff. And mm. I wanted to be hugely transparent. I didn't want there to be multiple tiers of, you know, price points where this is our light version. This is our uh, standard, you know, most popular version. This is our premium version. People are already overwhelmed in life. You know, the more choice they're given, the more paralysis they have. They can't work out what to choose. Oh, should I go this? If I get bigger, I'm going to have to pay that. It was just you're either in or you're out with Pocket PA. You either choose to have it or you don't. So we have a couple of add-ons once you're into Pocket PA. So if you want to be sending the reminder SMSs, you can buy them on a pay-as-you-go on a bundle and, you know, you just buy them as you need them. But I didn't want to saddle everyone with those options right at the get-go. It just seemed because a lot of people send reminder emails and that's fine. That's included in your subscription. But it was really important for me that we gave clarity, ease of subscription at the beginning. You're either in or you're out. And then if you want a couple of the bolt-ons, once you're inside, you can choose that ad hoc. Um, you know, one month you might want it, another month you might not have it for three months. So that was always my sort of model to reduce and eliminate overwhelm, which is what I feel is, is so present in, in today's business world. Oh, I agree 100 percent. I mean, look, as, as you know, I've, I've started a number of businesses and the first time mm -hmm that you do all these things, you know, the first time that you've got to file accounts, the mm -hmm. first time that you, you know, the first time you take an order from somebody, it's like, you know, these are Big all momentous moments in, yeah. in, in, in a business. And yeah, the first time you've got to raise an invoice for somebody, you know, and, yeah. and, and this kind of software, yeah. it, can, it can really help on that journey because it's all yeah. just there for you and it's accessible. And it's, it's you know, having, having played around with the platform in the past, it's simple and it's easy to use. Yeah. And, and, you know, many, there's lots of different software available, you know, for, for bookings and things like that. But even, even they, if you, you go into the pro versions of those, which you, most people will need if they want to run their business on them, 
they're 10 pounds a month or 15 pounds a month yeah what what you've got here is a whole lot more and whether you use all the features of that or not is kind of up to you but it just it it organizes your business from the start doesn't it which is really important and I have I have um, clients uh, and, and users of Pocket PA who actually are that registered, but they love my business tracking element so much that they're prepared to just pay a £15 a month because they know that they only need to be claiming back seven or eight miles a week for it to be worth their while to be using Pocket PA. So they might pick and mix and just choose one or two elements in the app just because it's the easiest one out there. And, you know, obviously they would get huge value if they used it end to end. But, you know, people can choose to just come in and just have one or two of the aspects in a pick and mix. And so that's it. That makes me feel like a huge compliment that, you know, they're, they're too big, really, for Pocket PA, but they still love what we do enough to still want to be a subscriber just to access some of the features that we've got because they're the easiest out there, which is, you know, as I say, it's very flattering to feel that we've got something that, um, you know, must be doing it better than other people that have been around the block for a long time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and in terms of your kind of growth strategy going forwards, as we are on the growth show, um, obviously we t- we touched strategy? on. Yeah. <laughs> you have one. I know you I'm do. I'm supposed to have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me phone uh, a friend. <laughs> um, we 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 talked about that kind of strategic partnership model, which I think, yeah, uh, yeah from a personal perspective, I think could could get you huge traction if you you get the right partners that actively mm. actively market the product. Um, how else are you finding people? What's what's the plan of attack? So um, brand partnerships and partnerships are one of our big uh, sort of plans to go forward. I mean, we have there, there's over 70 different uh, trades and associations that we could be niching into from, you know, the health sector, from fitness, from beauty, window cleaners, dog walkers, you know, life coaches there's just so many different avenues that we could go into and each of them have their trade body or association that we could partner with so the difference between specific softwares where they just niche into beauty or they just you know this is the the uh, the app for personal trainers or whatever the difference between our software is it crosses all of those because the commonality is that they're all micro business self-employed business owners earning under eighty-five thousand on that registers that's a commonality so we've made it it very generic as I say I know it works perfectly in the beauty um, industry but you know wherever you're exchanging your time for money offering a service um, I've got car valeters I've got um, handymen I've got electricians um, I've got you know a whole plethora of different trades and stuff so all of those trade bodies on their own are our target markets for me to be able to do um, JVs with and partnerships. So that's a, di- a really big um, strategy for us. Obviously, the organic marketing and growth strategy, we put in um, the refer a friend link. So as more people start to use it, I want to repay and say thank you to them. So we've got a really nice refer a friend strategy where people are thanked with a monetary amount um, when they share their unique link with um, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, we've, we've got all the ability to um, link with colleges and training. I'm linked up with Oakland's College in St Albans. So I go in and speak to their students that are just about to graduate in health and beauty um, and stuff and tell them about Pocket PA. But there's no reason why we couldn't do that across the whole of the UK. We've all got colleges. There's lots of training academies. There's lots of online academies and stuff. So, you know, a really great sector is people that are just starting out for the first time. They've just been trained up in a new skill, you know, they've not had any experience of using any software so they're fresh out of their new skill set they've got 101 things to be thinking about um, just you know delivering their new service that they've learned so to have Mm. it tied in with something like pocket pa where we can have that um, offering to take care of all of that business admin it's like a business in a box solution Um, you know parents could get that as a graduation present when their their son or daughter graduates from you know their makeup academy or something like that knowing that they've got a year subscription to pocket PA to look after all of their sort of business stuff while they focus on uh, their, their marketing and those other aspects. So there are lots of um, avenues, you know, just in the UK that, that we can work on. Um, so those are my main ones, but I am needing to start to build a team in order to access and, and develop all of those strategies because each one of them on their own are just enormous. And there's only one mm. of me still. <laughs> however much energy I have however many wheat bits I have at breakfast time I've still only got 24 hours in my day and um, <laughs> I'm spinning a lot of plates still 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's it's at that kind of inflection point where, yeah, you need you need that you know the the additional resources which will then bring on bring on more clients. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's always a chicken and egg chicken and egg type situation. Um, yeah. And 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 is your I, th- I think we t- we touched on this briefly just before before the show started. Um, you're you're intending to raise raise some capital for the business as well. I am thinking about it. Finally, I think the penny has dropped that I'm starting to transition now from the fact that Pocket PA is way bigger than just me. I began this journey just making something for Megan, and as the years have gone by, um, it's obviously started to to really you know get get some legs. And I've just realized the whole opportunity is just is just so overwhelming. There's no way I can, you know, do this on my own. And, you know, I could have had a nice lifestyle business. And at one point that was kind of where I was thinking that it would it would go. But I really feel ambitious for it now. And I've had some offerings of some investment and I haven't really explored them fully, but it's whetted my appetite to now really realize that maybe now is the right time for an investment um, of you know of certainly a, a seed round and to look at having some conversations but for me I never want to lose sight of the focus of what I'm trying to achieve and I think you know whilst I haven't got a formal mission statement or a you know all those grown-up things that you're supposed to have in your business and just roll them out and stuff I know the essence of what I'm wanting to achieve and I never want whoever invests in the company, unless they align with those values and what I'm looking to get, they won't get over the line. And I'm not desperate for an an investment where it means that I can't grow. And, but I I will have the ability to scale a hell of a lot quicker if I do take that leap of faith. And it's, you know, it's tinged with nervousness, but excitement. And I've got to just keep, you know, believing this is all just an experiment and I can just keep going it as far as far as I want. And, you know, any time, you know, I can stop the train if if it all gets too overwhelming. But I just feel I wouldn't be doing it justice if I didn't explore this opportunity fully. And I would rather fail trying than, you know, not to have tried at all and just failed because it fizzled out. So, you know, it, it feels like I'm reaching a stage where it's, you know, go big or go home because, you know, I do need extra people um, in order to be able to get traction and leverage and grow it properly. And in order to do that, you know, it, it probably will need um, a reasonable amount of capital investment. And it's whether I want to keep investing my own funds or whether I want to open that up and, you know, start with my advisory board and then start to scale on that basis and, and pitch for um, proper investment funding, whether that's angel or VC or whatever. But for me, I've got to have that alignment with whoever is investing. They've got to understand what my drivers are and what my motivation is. And I don't want to compromise on the values and what our offering is just for either a quick exit strategy or just selling it out for something that doesn't align with where I see the vision of it. I would love to have a pocket PA Academy at some point to be able to support new people coming into self-employment and that sort of stuff. I have, I have a whole shopping list of things that I see in five years time. And, you know, it's like my dream vision board, but you know what, it's, it's important that you have that, that in your, in your sites, but in order to do that and to really give it some opportunity to grow and scale um, at the rate that it needs to, yes, I probably will look at taking on some investment. Okay, and are you, are you in terms of your approach to this? It, it obviously there was a clear kind of structure. Are, are you structured in everything that you do? And so, in terms of the other businesses that you've you've done in the past, have they also had a kind of clear agenda and a goal? Is that is that always how you work? I think sometimes I start out in things, and I'm not quite sure where the end goal is. But I'm incredibly detail orientated. Um, I like to have a one eye on the big picture but I'm not a natural networker I'm not a social butterfly I find that side of things um, quite stressful and quite challenging for me to do and I know a lot of sort of high growth things people are like very charismatic they're very sort of focused on the networking side of things and that's not my natural sort of bag my my strengths are in my structure my organization my attention to detail and the fact that no detail is too small Um, I don't want to get caught up and you know delay the journey by getting caught up on unnecessary things but the devil is in the detail and it's all very well you know 
speaking at one end and saying, oh, yes, and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. But unless it's followed through and it's actually drilled down, that's where my strengths are. And I think that for something like Pocket PA, where it's needed very high attention to detail and that whole follow through, um, I think that those strengths that I've been able to invest into the creation of the app and to make the user experience um, second to none and the focus that I want to have on customer service and support, those are the things which I think will make it credible to an investor and they will hopefully recognize the passion and commitment that I've had to reaching it at this point. And I feel that I'm best placed now to share the story and to start doing that networking um, and to become better at that. And I need to have people, you know, hands on deck to be helping me with the marketing, the social media, the relationships, the IT, the structuring, the finance, all of those aspects. I know I counted up the other day and I, there's 47 sort of job roles that could employ one person, at least in each of them. And I'm somehow covering them often not to the best of my ability. I'm not an expert in it. I, I enjoy some of them. I hate some of them. You still have to do it, whatever, you know, because that's what happens when you're um, in bootstrapping mode and you're a self-starter and you're in this, but I'm sure most people would have definitely a good little team of um, elves by now. <laughs> and I, I'm just at that stage where it's going to have to start happening, but um, I am open to doing that. And I, and I you know, People say you don't know what you don't know. Well, there's an awful lot more that, that I don't know than I do know. So I need to be open to growing and taking on these people and giving those responsibilities to the experts because I am not an expert in so many of these things. I'm an expert on Pocket PA and knowing exactly where I want it to go and the story. And people keep talking about, oh, somebody could come in and steal your ideas. And, and firstly, I say, well, good luck to them, because it's a it's a heck of an idea to, to try and sort of replicate. There's a lot of stuff in there um, under the bonnet once you actually start using it. Um, but nobody else could replace the story that I made it for my daughter, you know, authentically have, you know, it's all just unfolded and last week my son he began in self-employment as an electrician and the first thing he was like mom I'm going to start using pocket PA and I went to I went to his flat um to to sort of get him set up and I said well where are your receipts at the moment and out under his bed came this Nike shoe box with a sharpie written on it that said important <laughs> And I just said, Sam, just hold that up. That is perfect. My, I could put this on social media and so many people would go, yeah, that's me. Yep, yep. And so I now have that's this, me. yeah, <laughs> it says important on it in big capital letters. And I like opened it up and sure enough, there was a like stack of receipts. And I said, right, Sam, let's get you organized. So now he's in on the train every morning. He takes a photo of the receipt, presses it's all done on his business expenses and he's starting to get into that groove but I now have a daughter in beauty a son as a tradesman and so that expands the opportunity for me to be able to appeal now to a, a completely different audience whereas you know with Megan and her pink and purple diary appointments and stuff you know Sam won't be putting pink and purple diary appointments in Sam's will all be blues and greens and he's needing it for a different set of functions and thinks differently to how Megan is Megan loves to be super organized Sam just does it because he has to because he doesn't want to headache at the end of the year with his an, an accountant so there are different motivators and talking to each of them gives me different perspective on how I'm catering for all of the different people that might be using pocket PA so we've got an organic story which is so important to be relatable to the audience that we're trying to connect with because we're not some faceless commercial company um, that you know people can't necessarily relate to I think it's very important that they, we have that connection and, you know, we are we are B to B business, but we're little B because we are still little B to little B. You know, we I don't ever want to become so big B to little B that we lose that relatability. And it's really important that our users, our clients, our customer, our pocket PA family can relate to where this has come from. And my motivation for making it was always to help Megan. And then it became to help people just like them. And that's why it's very important for me to have a very affordable low price point, because I don't ever want price to be a barrier for people becoming organized in their business. And a lot of these softwares, I see them, you know, pitching in at 30, 40, 50 pounds sometimes a month, mm. um, you know, as the entry point. And I get it. They're really great value. And yes, we probably should be an awful lot higher. But that wasn't that was really important to me that we kept it um, affordable because I believe 
that that will allow us to um, you know, grow much quicker because people will recognize its value. And then that whole conversation of value for money, it will become a no brainer to just download and use the app. Um, sorry, I don't mean download, I mean to register. register <laughs> it's yeah. not an app that you can download. Yeah, I make that mistake often. <laughs> and and, in, and from a personal perspective, obviously, to, to, to do what you've done requires a huge amount of focus and self-determination. Do you have any kind of practices that you do to maintain that? How do you kind of manage that side of things and your focus and all that stuff? Um, I think I'm naturally a very disciplined person. I like to be organized and structured. So I have, you know, routines and stuff like I think most people have, but I, I don't wake up particularly early. I never set an alarm clock. So I find it's really important just to wake up when your body clock does so. And when you've got a lot of stuff going on in your brain, you tend to wake up earlier. Um, I always exercise first thing. That's a really important um, space that I preserve and make sure that I've had an opportunity to go out, get some fresh air. I do exercise outdoors every day. Um, I don't like gyms and being indoors. I belong to a, um, an outdoor boot camp when I can go, but I run. Um, I took up outdoor swimming last year and that was so cathartic. Um, I've probably pulled back on a lot of my running that I used to do. Um, I was doing sort of 10K half marathon type runs quite regularly for, for four or five years, but I've slowly pulled back on the running and having taken up swimming, I get that headspace opportunity to sort of ruminate and work out my whole day put my strategy together for various problem solving things that have been challenging me so that whole exercise aspect of that I do in the morning it's vital at so many levels for for me to set my day up right um, I say that I never have meetings with anyone on any day people that I don't want to see every meeting that I have is because I've scheduled it in because there's somebody I want to see and talk to and I think that's the beauty of working for yourself that I'm sure a lot of people will relate to whereas when you're you know employed with a corporation or whatever you have to have meetings whether you like the people or not um, and you mm. know when you're working for yourself you get to choose who you want to build those real relationships with so people that I don't feel are on the same energy level or um, I just don't find um, you know there's very few people that I actually work with that I, I don't actually resonate with um, so <laughs> I don't know if that's very telling, but yeah, I'm quite, um, I'm quite um, dogmatic about that. Well, you're, um, you're right. You're, you're the boss, right? So you get to choose. That, that's well, one of the what the hell's of, the point? Running the show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that's, and you know, and that's why I feel so much gratitude every day that I am so lucky to be doing this. It's such a gift to be making this. And yes, I've invested, you know, the last four plus years of my time and energies and stuff, but it's so been worth it. And I, you know. You joked earlier about would you do it again and I probably still would that isn't that that's that's a worrying telltale sign that I, I just love a challenge and yeah I've been called project woman before um, there is a huge amount of purpose and self-fulfillment in creating something this exciting and the fact that I feel it hasn't been done before and that we've got uh, a huge opportunity that's also very exciting but as I say, the app will become bigger than me. I just need to find this amazing team that's going to appear and we're going to take it on to the next level, I guess. So, um, yeah, that will be nice when I've got those people in place. An exit strategy. Wow. <laughs> that's getting ahead of myself. I can't I can't ever imagine not doing something with it, but um i don't know i guess i guess at some point um i will feel that i want to hand it over to others to to take on at the moment i've got a huge passion and commitment to it um but i guess if it gets bigger where we have investment and they are starting to talk about an exit strategy i think a natural buyer will come in from quite a, i mean i think there's quite a number of different angles we could we could sell it out um when the time is right but i don't want to sort of prejudge where that might be will I be with it forever no probably not but I would like to take it as far as I can while I still feel you know wholly invested in its growth and um, alignment you know with with the audience that I'm trying to connect it with I don't want to do it a disservice by me hanging on too long and not allowing it the growth that it might need at a future date and um, so I'm sure there might be a natural time when it becomes um, obvious where I might need to step aside but that's very exciting how, how amazing if that happens in the future so if there are any investors out there that think I might be investable or credible as a uh, you know a partner it will be
lovely to hear from them but um I, it, there has to be the right fit for me to work with somebody and mm. i'm certainly not exchanging part of pocket pa for a wad of money because it's a get rich, rich quick scheme that's not that's not on my agenda i i yeah. you know that that's i i have a really lovely lifestyle i'm very blessed and lucky i'm not selling something out for um for, for for swapping out my integrity on on what I can see for the vision of the of the app, mm. and and in terms of advice that you would give to somebody who's considering building some kind of an application or some software, yeah, you've obviously you know you've been through seven different software developers to, yeah. to get to where you got to. Is 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 there any tips that you would give? I would say there's always a way, <laughs> whether people tell you. Uh, there is or there isn't there always is a way it might not be the way that you originally thought but often when they say oh that can't be done and it's often it means they can't do it <laughs> so that's absolutely fine and uh i've done that on a number of occasions where i've perhaps given them a month or six months and then we've reached the end of the road and they're like no it can't be done you're asking way too much and i just say thank you very much um that's probably the end of the road for us and i pick and take exactly where we've got and find the next place that will um, hopefully serve what you need to do. So um, I think, you know, there, as I say, there is always a way. It doesn't mean that it can't be done if just because somebody says they can't do it. Um, two heads are better than one. So always ask advice from other people and just make sure that you're having fun. It's a very long journey often, you know, people you know my five-year journey so far is not an overnight success uh, you know people seem to think that you just pop up and oh my god you had a great idea you're so lucky and I just think oh yeah 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 the harder you work the luckier you get um, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're not having fun what the hell is the point and you know there have been some times where I've thought why am I doing this am I actually really enjoying what I do and most of the time I can pretty much say if I didn't have this going on i'm not sure where i would be finding that fulfillment and enjoyment because mm. it has given me a huge amount of focus and purpose and fulfillment and when i have those conversations those are the bits that i absolutely love the best when i talk to users that are using pocket pa because i randomly regularly ring up the users <laughs> i try and ring most people that join up and say hello i'm the mad lady that's made the app i just wondered if you had any questions for me and they're like really and I say well I didn't I didn't code it but yeah it was my idea wow and they find that really astonishing but while we're this little I'm able to do that and I love the conversations that then pour out over what the challenges are in their business and how pocket PA can help and then it gives me more ideas for the roadmap and things that we can tweak because we have you know we tweak lots of things on a regular basis I mean we probably had 700 small updates last year and things that we just adjusted um, because of user feedback and i'm able to do that very quickly and easily it's it's very agile when you're this little um, and users love that if they suddenly open the app the next day and what they've suggested um you know is suddenly appearing that's a great feeling they feel that it's you know they've really contributed to to the journey and why shouldn't they because i haven't made it for me i, I i'm not using it on a day-to-day -day basis i made it for megan and she uh suggests lots of things and now sam has started suggesting things on his way home on the train saying mom why doesn't it do this and so yeah it's it's lovely that i can do that immediacy of those software changes because normally you're you just you know you register for a software and when they bring out updates you kind of get an email and get told what they're doing but to actually be involved and be part of that process i think that's quite uh, nice for our for our users to feel that they're a really big part of the journey Mm. Oh, it's re really cool. And I, I, mm. I like that. Yeah, the story is always an important part of, of these things, particularly if you're trying to raise money. And I think that will, yeah, from my, my perspective, having raised lots of capital for companies, um, I think that will really, really resonate with investors, mm. hopefully for you. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. then it's just a, a case of negotiating, you know, giving, giving away as small amount as possible. <laughs> so that you is that, is that the idea well I, I would say so as a yeah if you're, you're yeah. the founder of it and you've invested yeah, yeah. the time and the money so far yeah mm. you can't have someone coming in and you know taking too much of the glory no, can no. You, so. and I, I have taken the whole risk I mean everything has mm. been mine I put in every um I recently sold my car just to fund this next part of the development and oh wow so, I know I don't think I've told you that because that's happened since we last spoke but I, I'm literally that committed to it. And, you know, it's not that I'm out on my bicycle and walking everywhere now. I've got like my little pocket PA smart car and stuff, but it was a big decision for me to decide.
decide to sell, you know, one of my cars and, you know, because I wanted to commit to this next stage of the development because we've got a version three platform coming out in the summer. And I just thought, you know what, that's just that's just what's needed. So I, I, I know what I've put into it and it hasn't been taken lightly and I've really enjoyed the journey, but I'm serious about the commitment to uh, any investor that comes in with me, but it has to be the right partnership. Mm. And, you know, whilst I might not have done this before, um, I'm not all that naive anymore. I've had some, you know, third degree burns, as I said, from experiences along the way, and I've become way more business savvy in the last five years. And I'm much more able to put my business hat on and separate business from emotion. And, you know, I will make a much more sort of informed and, sort of considered decision now on business stuff and I'm much less emotional than I ever used to be through lots of experiences that have happened the last five years and I feel that that's only given more gravitas to my my standing and there are only you know a very small percentage of female founders in the whole tech industry and you know we we do align with each other and it's it's lovely when you meet um you know somebody like-minded but just because we're just in a small minority we're we're not here for the taking and we can't be taken advantage of because it's taken a huge amount of resilience and tenacity to reach this point you know often more so than than in the male sector and so yes it's not um it's not just some fluffy hobby project that i've i've been doing whilst being a housewife i've committed Mm. a huge amount to this yeah no no well yeah i've seen yeah, seen some of the ups and the downs along the way as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, I think, yeah, I've been really impressed with how, how you've, yeah, Thank I you. think it's the resilience that I've seen because, you know, <laughs> that, that, that most people would have, would have said, sod this, I'm giving yeah. up, you know. And, and I have and, felt like that. Don't get me wrong. There haven't, there, there have been some times where I've been in tears and I've thought, Do you know what, why am I bothering? What is the point? You know, nobody really knows about Pocket PA. If I shut it up, I could easily be on a beach next week and never have to look back. And I w- I'm so lucky and, you know, I, I've worked hard in other businesses and sectors that I would still have a very good lifestyle if I never continued on with pocket PA it's not you know like it's my whole livelihood and it's Mm. putting food on the table it absolutely isn't it's it's bleeding me dry right now because I'm so you know every month I'm sort of paying out way more than anything that's coming in but I I just believe that I would be doing a disservice to to the community if I didn't pursue it and get it to where it needs to be and that's how committed I am and if you know if that's recognized by an investor that they can see I've got skin in the game you know I'm totally invested I feel that 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 must increase my credibility as a uh, as the you know an investable project um because it's not just some hobby no no absolutely well look it's been really interesting mm-hmm. as ever learning about learning about pocket PA and the, what the future might hold for it um how do our listeners and viewers connect with you and where do we find you Okay, so we have a website, pocketpa.com, um, and uh, you can find out all about um, the, the app um, on there, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. Um, we've also got a couple of social media channels. We're at Pocket PA Mobile. We haven't got Pocket PA because that was taken by somebody that's just got it as a holding page. So Pocket PA Mobile, and I'm more active on Instagram than Facebook, um, and I do have a, a Twitter account, but I very rarely tweet. <laughs> So it just seems way too cutthroat on there. People get into massive arguments and discussions. I'm much more about the pictures on um, Instagram. So at Pocket PA Mobile. Um, and if there's any inquiries, help at pocketpa.com is where you can reach me on an email. But um, I would just welcome people to um, sign up for a free trial and really give it a test run. Don't bother signing up if you're not going to bother even adding a new client or an appointment because it just it doesn't happen on its own. You have to actually be invested and do the stuff. It's not um, a, a virtual PA service, which is what sometimes I think people might think it, it, what we're offering. But it's not. It's a practical DIY tool. It requires engagement and um, I've got a really exciting um, brand partnership. I can't actually say anything about it next week until next week because it's being launched then. But it's another huge piece of the jigsaw, which will make us even more um, credible alongside some really big players because we've done a partnership with somebody um, and it's being announced next week. 
so it will awesome. be an enhancement Exciting. yeah um so yeah i'm really excited about that but if you follow us at pocket pa mobile you'll be able to see all of those announcements and i do get on the story sometimes and i've started to record videos as painful as they are <laughs> but um yeah i'm told that that's what gets engagement um so i'm trying to make it more personable but oh it is painful <laughs> <laughs> well it's all about testing those comfort zones and doing no but it would be so much easier if megan or sam did that <laughs> this is why i started the podcast because i don't like public speaking so yeah this, this you and me both the challenge well, is, is doing you know you've got to push yourself you've got to try this stuff because well, i know matt i know you're right you like doing the most <laughs> yeah no i know well hopefully just well I, i'm sure some people will get to watch it but i always just pretend oh it's just you and me having a chat It'll exactly be fine. exactly i hate public speaking i'm the same and i've really got to um get to grips with it because you know if i'm going to be the face of pocket pa i never want to be famous or a celebrity or anything like that that just that makes me panic but you know you do need to step up when it's your business and obviously I need to do whatever it takes to get the word out there so I'm going to have to get over it to do these speaking events and stuff and I just I you know you'll, I can only be, be me yeah be that's all I can be that's that's yeah. um well, and, the, and when the reality is nobody knows more about it than you do so that's yeah and like, totally yeah it's, it's not like someone can catch you out with a question because you've built yeah. it from the ground up so you yeah know, that's know true that's true I just don't want to let anyone down saying the wrong thing that might put people off but wow. you know what it's it is what it is and you know I believe that uh, it's an authentic offering and so I can't really trip myself up when you're always telling the truth yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for pleasure. Joining it's always good to do today. a podcast interview. <laughs> absolutely. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay. Please like our podcast and subscribe today.